From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Monday, January 11th. I'm Sarah Wright. Last Monday, Public Health, Adventist Health Ukiah Valley, and the City of Ukiah administered 830 doses of the Moderna vaccine that were at risk of losing viability after a freezer failure at the hospital. They did it in about two hours and had to turn people away. Not everybody who wanted one got it, but sometimes it helps to make a little bit of noise, as Anthony Adams, a lawyer in the public defender's office, found out after he called into the Board of Supervisors meeting the following day to complain about being overlooked. We followed up with Adams on Friday. He wanted to be clear that he's only representing his own personal perspective in the following interview. The CEO's office was extraordinarily responsive and made vaccinations available to all the members of the criminal justice partners, uh, the probation officers, the district attorneys, public defender's office. We all had the opportunity to get vaccinated yesterday, and to my knowledge, most everyone did. Do you mind if I ask if you were vaccinated? <clears throat> I was. And I am really interested in your work with people in the jail, but first, can you kind of paint a picture of what conditions are like in the courthouse right now? And you work out of the Ukiah courthouse, the larger one. There is an attempt to try to provide social distancing opportunities. There is a requirement that everyone be masked that come in, and we try to uh, respect one another's boundaries. Uh, That being said, there's only so much room in a courthouse, and court calendars are not dictated by COVID. They're dictated by whether or not charges are filed and whether or not crimes are being committed. And it requires us to deal with the reality that those things don't have the luxury of waiting for a state of emergency to pass. Consequently, we are oftentimes shoulder to shoulder in a courtroom with other attorneys, with other court staff, and with our clients by necessity. It's impossible to have a confidential conversation with clients during an open court proceeding without leaning in close to whisper advice. Under ordinary circumstances, Adams also confers with incarcerated clients, which is much more difficult now with COVID and the outbreak at the jail. He thinks the jail is doing everything it can to reasonably accommodate the need for legal representation with a video conferencing system and a couple of rooms in the lobby where he can meet with clients in person through plexiglass. Still, the public health emergency is making it really hard to make sure untried people can enjoy their constitutional rights and the presumption of innocence. There is a Uh, constitutional right of confrontation and any type of hearing in which uh, accused has people who are making accusations against them, uh, witnesses, um, victims of crimes, any situation in which uh, a person is standing accused and the accuser is making those allegations. The criminal defendant has a right to be physically present in that same room with that individual watching and listening to that person make those accusations. In the same way, every person who is represented has a right as a constitutional right to that attorney. That, That right of representation is a foundational constitutional right. To the degree that an attorney is not able to have meaningful discussions with their client, they're denied that right of counsel. So if I'm in a courtroom and I'm talking to my client over the video and my client is in jail talking to me via video and we're doing so in the context of an open courtroom environment, how can my client communicate with me privately about matters that they want to discuss? Are the COVID protocols impeding people's right to a a fair and speedy trial? Absolutely. Because of the COVID emergency and the declaration of emergency from the governor's office, whereas a person might spend a maximum of, let's say, 90 days in jail 
from the beginning of the arraignment process when they're first accused of a crime to the point in which they are actually supposed to be brought to the court for a trial. They might find themselves sitting in jail at 120 days or 180 days, and they have yet to have that opportunity to have their matters heard because it's unsafe to bring the public into the courthouse to conduct a jury trial, or it's unsafe to bring the, the defendant out of a jail that has you know, a COVID emergency inside of it into the courtroom. So all of these things effectively operate as a, a delay of a person's constitutional rights. Now, let me be abundantly clear. Those rights um, are not considered abridged because of the emergency, because the California Constitution does give the governor and the California Supreme Court chief justice the authority to extend those. There isn't a per se legitimate constitutional violation, but it effectuates itself in such a way that it's hard to explain to somebody who's actually sitting in a jail cell presumed innocent and not understanding why they're not getting their opportunity to have their day in court. Right. I'm just trying to imagine what would happen to me if I were to just have to stop working and paying my rent for six or eight months. It's a it's a, an extraordinarily important point and one that is constantly on the minds of of I think all of the members of the, the criminal justice team, you know, we're all mindful of the fact that any one of us who are stripped away from our lives and put in a jail cell for any meaningful period of time, the thought of everything that you could potentially lose, you know, your job, your home, your possessions, oftentimes family members will not be willing to stick around if, you know, are not understanding of the situation. There's just, there's a situation that occurs where if you are, wrapped up in a system like that, you could find yourself completely undermined in your efforts to try to get back on your feet, try to to be a better citizen, try to make amends for what may have occurred. And that's not to say that if you have, in fact, committed the crime, that there's not some consequence for that. But we start with the presumption of innocence. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.